Pyramid Moon Base and Moon Base, Attachment and Ownership, Kavanabe Kinyanin. Let's immerse ourselves in some of the elements of ownership through some of the halachot of Kinyan uh, and understand our relationship to things uh, is one of the things that we'll get some insight to from this Gemara and Yavamot. It's just another example of how we're learning a very technical part of the, of the laws of Yavamot. And yet we'll see, uh, we'll start developing an approach of our relationship to objects and to things, particularly with respect to ownership. So we start with, with Psukim from Kitetze. If a man marries a woman and has a relationship with her, if he's got a problem with her and he found something wrong and he gives her a divorce and sends her from his home, and she will go out from his home, if she then goes to remarry, she marries another person. And then the um, second husband that, that, that she married doesn't hate her and he divorces her. Or he dies, the second husband. The first husband can no longer remarry her. So woman's been divorced, she remarries. That marriage ends through death and divorce. The first, mar- the first husband can no longer marry her. That's the dinner to Daraisa in Parashas Kitetze. Rabbi Akiva, and here we've got it. It's actually a nice piece because we've got, we, we work from Chumash through to the Tanaim, through to the Amoraim, the Gemara, and then the Rishonim. We'll see the, the, the development of halachic thinking. On this posuk, we have a Rabbi Akiva in our sugya. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Minayim lenoten get liyevamto shenesra alav olamit. Rabbi Akiva is mechadesh. He innovates a, a very far-reaching halacha based on this posuk. That if a man divorces his Yavama, he can no longer remarry, even if she doesn't marry anybody else. It's over. So he's got one chance to marry her, and that's Yibum. If he divorces her, um, he can't remarry her. What does the Posuk say? That the first, the first man can no longer remarry her after his divorce of her. It says Rabbi Kiva, it's not after his divorce. If he divorces her, he can absolutely remarry her. It's only if she's been remarried to somebody else. So why is the emphasis on Asher Shilcha in Posuk Dalit? The issue is not whether he divorced her or not. The issue is, did she remarry or not? And therefore, says, says Rabbi Akiva, if you look at the Rashi, Since it says in the fourth po- in Posuk Dalit, Asher Shilcha, that's, a posuk, that's, a, that's an additional phrase not necessary. This is how we must interpret it. There is one case of divorce where you can't remarry your divorcee, even if she didn't marry somebody else in the interim. Who is that? Yevama. That's a Yevama. We'll come to that in a moment. So Rabbi Akiva's Mechadesh from that posuk, that if you, a man divorces his Yevama, and we've learned that, that get is midrabonon is one of the ways you can terminate a yibum relationship. Midoraita needs chalitza, but midrabonon it can be a get. If he does so, he can no longer remarry her. Now we have a mishnah on daf nun, which we're busy with, and one of the statements in the mishnah. It's a long mishnah, so the whole the whole sugi is is devoted to this one mishnah. Chalitza asa maimer. A man did chalitza. 
And then he thought, yeah, that's, uh, that's silly of me. Why did I do Chalitza? She's a wonderful woman. Let me, uh, let, let me do a Maimer. I'll, I'll propose to her and do, do Kiddushin. The Mishnah says, once it's Chalitza, there can be nothing more. Says the says Rashi, any mama or even having relations with her, it doesn't create a new relationship because he terminated the relationship. And the only way that you can relate to your bro, your sister-in-law is through Yibum. He turned the Yibum down with the Chalitza. Once he's turned the Yibum down, there is no more opportunity. That's Rabbi Akiva's law. That in the case of Yibum, even just getting rid of her, not just by Get, but by Chalitza as well, that terminates everything, and there can be no further relationship between brother-in-law and sister-in-law. That's Rabbi Akiva's din. That brings us, and now we're getting more and more immersed in these halachot, it brings us into a, a discussion on this piece of Mishnah, where on our daf, Omer Rav Yehuda, Omer Rav, Zu divre Rabbi Akiva, our Mishnah goes according to Rabbi Akiva, Amar en kidushin tofsin lavin. What stops him, so let me take it back a second, the prohibited relationships are divided into two categories. There is what we call arayot, and there is chiyuve lavin. Arayot are relationships which, if one engages in them, the consequence for that is karet. Chiyuve lavin is, it's an isodoraisa, it's lavin, there's, mal, there's an isu malkus. So there are some prohibited relationships in the serious category of arayot, and some in the less serious category of lavin. What is this case here? If he marry, remarries his chalutza, if, he, if his cholet is Yivama, and he remarries her, what is that category? Is that? That's loving. That's a love. It's a love. The Torah says, don't do it. He did it. It doesn't say, it doesn't say, there's no chorus. But Rabbi Akiva, from the, from the legal perspective, doesn't differentiate between chiyuvei lavin and chiyuvei chorus. Others differentiate. For example, is the child a mamzer? So we pass on the child's imams are only by karet, not by lavin. Because a love, the marriage works. It's just also. There's a difference between a chiyuv karet, the marriage, a man marries his sister. It isn't a marriage. If they have a child, the child's a mamzer. If a man marries a koyin, marries a grusha, that's a love. The child's not a mamzer. And the marriage is a marriage. He, he is married to a grusha. That's the problem. It would be better if he wasn't married, but he is married. So in the Chiyu Ve'lavin, Kiddushin Tovsim, we say the marriage works. It's just, he's naughty. He's just, he's, uh, he's doing something he shouldn't be doing. But it, but it works. The Chiyu chorus, the marriage doesn't even work. But according to Rabbi Akiva, he treats them both the same. Even a Chiyu love, the marriage doesn't work, and the child could be a mamzer. So here, in this case, where he's given his Yevama Achalitza, and it's true, there's only a love in remarrying that chalutza, but that love's serious for Rabbi Akiva, and the Kedushin doesn't work. And therefore, when he afterwards comes to do a mimer, that, that, that doesn't work. Not, nothing happens. It's, it's worth nothing. But the Chachomim say, no, after chalitza, he's not allowed to marry her, but if he does, it's a marriage. So you could do a mimer. So clearly our Mishnah that says, after being cholets the Yavama, after letting her go with Chalitza, you can no longer remarry her, must be going like Rabbi Akiva. Fine. Tanya, we've also got a bride like it. Omar Rebbe. Rebbe says, this is only according to Rabbi Akiva. But the Chachomim say there is after Chalitza. You can still marry her. Not, not you may, but you can. But Rebbe says, I qualify that. And here it gets, gets really interesting. 
It depends what he actually said. So the case again, the brother dies, his brother does could do Yibum to the widow, he chooses to do Chalitza. After doing Chalitza, he changes his mind. Now what does he say to her? Does he say, marry me, is that what he says? Marry me like I would marry any other woman. Then, it, 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 it works. She's, like a, she's just like she's a woman on the, on the market. She's just a free woman. It works. He's not allowed to do it, but he did it. So it works. But if he says to her, if he says, I'm doing a maimer according to the laws of Yibum, the laws of Yibum say there's already been a chalitza. So there are two different sets of halachot. There are laws of marriage and there are laws of Yibum. If he wants to get together with her using laws of marriage, he shouldn't, he's not allowed to, but the marriage is a marriage. If he wants to use the laws of Yibum, that's not going to work because the laws of Yibum don't allow a reconnection after a chalitza. That's what Rebbe says. Omar Rav Yosef further down. Omar Rav Yosef, my time at the Rebbe. What, what is Rebbe, this, these two things, what's going on here? And then the Gemara says, Rav Yosef explains it in a fascinating way. Asuha ka'odrei it's as if a man is digging up a field that belongs to a deceased gay. What is the din? A gay who dies without children, his property is hefke. There's nobody to inherit, so his property is hefke. This man is digging. What happens when you dig in a field? You can make, that's a chazaka, that's a kinyan. You can make it yours. But he doesn't realize it's the next gay. He's digging, it's next door, his property. The gay died, and he's busy digging. He doesn't realize he's gone over the boundary line. So if we say to him, what are you doing? Are you digging in the gay's property? He says, no, I'm digging in my property. He said, no, no, you're over the boundary. Like, oh, didn't realize. But can he now say, oh, but good, if the gay has died, then no, you're a shim, and I was digging, it's mine. The law can he? No, we say you can't be kony. And so here also, in, in, in the case, look at the Rashi on the top of the next page of the sources. The Ger's karka was next to his. The Ger died and doesn't have Yoshim. And therefore, anybody who does a chazoka, who works the field, acquires the field. This one was working the field thinking it was his. Then the Kenyan doesn't work. And this man too, he thought the Kiddusha Yevama would work. He thought, I did a chalitza, but I've changed my mind. I want to be miyabim, and he thought it would work. His intention was to use the yibum kinyan, which is a continuation of the brother's rights in the woman, to continue that into his own, but he's already undone that. The brother, he's got no more rights. So he, did a, he used a system that doesn't work. He thought he was getting it from his brother, but he wasn't. She's a free woman. She can marry whoever she wants to. Um, Abaya then asks a question on Rav Yosef and says, how you can, can you compare it? There, back on the bottom of the previous page, there he doesn't have intention to be koine. There's a big difference. In the case of the geir, I'm busy digging in the field. My intention was not even to make a kinyan at all. I'm digging. If you say to him, what are you doing? I'm digging. I'm not making a kinyan. I'm not even aware it's a kinyan. But here the man is making a kinyan. He's saying, He's saying, I'm doing a Kenyan in you. How can you compare the two? 
if you want to talk about it, then this would be like a man is digging in this field of a gear, thinking that belongs to another gear. Both of them are dead, both of, of the fields are hefker and so on. But what we want to focus in is this role of, of kavana. Do you need intention in a kinyan and what is the role? So, so Rashi, it's the Rashi that starts with Chasavur Shil Ger Acheru, again on the next page of the sources. He thought I'm getting this from my brother as a Yevama. But the truth is, he's actually initiating a new relationship. Nothing to do with his brother. But his intention was to do a Kenyan. If his intention was to do a Kenyan, it works. You, just, you need intention for Kenyan. And the Rambam says something similar in Hilchot Zechiyo Matana. You need Kavona to be Zoycha from a Hefka. If you want to, there's something that is Hefka and you want to acquire it, you can't be Mitasek. It can't be something you do mindlessly. You've actually got to say, I'm acquiring this object from Hefka. It's ownerless. Nobody owns it. I'm claiming it. And I'm claiming it with this action. You've got to have that in mind. And, and the Meiri, the Meiri, we've, we've mentioned Meiri is the end of the 13th century, beginning of the 14th century. And what's important about the Meiri is that many things are important, but, but his work was, we only had by quotation. We, and it was only actually the manuscripts were only discovered in the early 20th century and subsequently. So much so that the Chazanish used to claim that you can't, in, in, in Nichols Moed, the Chazanish mm-hmm. says, you can't give the Meiri the same power that you give other Rishonim because he didn't have the same peer review. No, people didn't see and critique, critique it. It doesn't have the same stature. But the Mishnah Brewer does quote the Me'iri very, very often. Um, one of the interesting things about the Me'iri is he has pieces, which some say, is because he was afraid of the senses, where he says all the dinim about goyim and saying don't apply in our time. That was talking about goyim she'enam gudurim benimusim ubedat. That's for goyim who have no, no principles, no values, and no religion. Um, but where, the, where the, they are, whether they're Muslims or they're Christians, then the, those dinim don't apply. Many of the dinim, not all of them, many of them don't apply. And there's a controversy as to whether it was, he really meant that or he was afraid of the uh, non-Jewish government authorities. Um, Moshe Harbital, a friend of mine, is a wonderful Talmud Chochem. His father was a Talmud of Rip Shimon Shkop and a, an exceptional scholar and professor at the Hebrew University in, in history and philosophy. And he wrote a, a work called uh, Torava Chokma, and he proves uh, very, it's, it's, a, it's, innov- it's such an innovation with his claim that the laws of Goy and Jew is not about race, it's about values. A person who doesn't have values and doesn't have faith is in one category. A person who does is in another. It's not about whether you descended from a Jew or you descended from a God. Really, very interesting in the truth. But that's the Me'iri. And the Me'iri says quite clearly that here the role of Kavana is without Kavana, Kavana is part of Kenyan. A Kenyan without a Kavana is a mindless, meaningless action. You've got to have intention to acquire. Otherwise, the action, the action it's not just a ritual that you just do it. If you put on tefillin without kavona, you've put on tefillin. Not, it's not great, but you've put on tefillin. But if you do a kinyan without kavona, you've done nothing. It, it doesn't mean anything. So you need a kinyan for kavona. However, the part that I really need to, 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 to focus on is a comment in the Tosvist Yishonim, where the Tosvist Yishonim asks, and he says, it seems from here that you need kavona for a kinyan, and, he's, and he proves from Bovakama that that's not so. Now, we're not talking about kavona for, for out of hefka, they're necessary. And he innovates 
a very important principle. There is a difference between fixed property and movable property. Movable property doesn't belong as much to the owner as fixed property does. And therefore, if you want to buy, a, if I want to buy a watch from you, on a watch from Hefke, I don't need to cover on it. I just do a Kenyan. I don't have to say, oh, you know, we, we spoke about it, we did a transaction, I lifted up the watch, but I wasn't thinking. It doesn't matter you weren't thinking. We both saw what you were doing, it's fine. But when it comes to karka, the ownership of karka is more intense than the ownership of metaltalin. And the only way you can undo ownership in fixed property is with a Kenyan that has kavana. So the Tosfis Yishonim is Mechadesh, he innovates their two powers of Kenyan. There's a Kenyan with kavana and a Kenyan without kavana. A Kenyan with kavana is stronger. For movable property, you don't need a Kenyan with kavana, but for fixed property, you do. And that's because fixed property defines you. There's a much more interesting relationship, a much more intense relationship. If you've got fixed property, you've got a better credit rating. If you've got fixed property, your status in society is, is higher. If you've got a Rolex watch, watch and a Ferrari car, yeah, you've got kind of some kind of status, but, but it doesn't change your credit rating. Fixed property helps define who you are. Metaltalin doesn't. And it's so interesting because uh, this gets into the whole thing of, of ownership, that ownership is part of the definition of an object. A field that belongs to Ruven is a different field from a field that belongs to Shimon. When ownership passes, there is a dimension of the object that changes. We see ownership, there's a lot of Reb Chaim Briska on this, we see ownership as part of the dimension of the object. But what's interesting, according to the Tosvish Yishonim, that might apply specifically to property. Whereas to Metaltalin, ownership is just a set of alachot. It belongs to me, so you can't steal it. It belongs to me, so I can be makdashit. There are a whole lot of laws attached to it. But, but in terms of really defining the object, that works with karka, not so necessarily with Metaltalin. And it's interesting because we become very attached to things. And if you take this idea to its natural conclusion, to be attached to your property, yes. We, we, the Gemara says you don't sell property unless you have to. You keep property. You don't sell property. Property is not for selling. Property is for keeping. Um, but metaltalin, you do what you want with. We tend to get very attached to our metaltalin. We get attached to our movable property. We get upset if it gets lost. We get upset if it gets damaged. It's not a big deal. It's just a car. It's just a watch. It doesn't matter how much it costs. It doesn't define you. Your movable property doesn't define you. Your, your investments define you. I own this property. I own this. It gives you a sense of who you are. But movable property is nothing. Um, and, and it doesn't need the same power of Kenyan to be transferred from one owner to another. And to get our minds around that, that our relationship with investments, our relationship with Immovable property is an intense, intimate, meaningful relationship, and it defines not only the property, it also defines us to some degree. But our relationship with movable property, it comes, it goes, it's the same with money, with cash, it comes and it goes. Let's not get too attached to the things that aren't ours with a Kenyan alim, as the Tosfus Yishonim says. Those things that don't have a Kenyan alim, a strong Kenyan, are things we should hold lightly and be less attached to.